Hi everybody, I'm Bob Schneider. Welcome to the Song Club. I knew it was a bad idea uh, to meet you here, my dear. And now that I've done it, I know you, I don't know what the rest of the words are on that. I guess I should maybe learn it or something. Anyways, welcome everybody to Bob Schneider's Song Club. That's me, Bob Schneid. Uh, anyways, I'm glad you're here. It's early in the a.m. for me, but that's usually when I do this sort of stuff. Just after I woke up, so I'm trying to get coffeeed up uh, so I can have it together. Anyways, uh, I'm excited about this podcast. Uh, it's a special podcast for me because uh, I'm at the end of the podcast, I'm going to interview my son, Luke, who is... Basically, the band The L, and uh, me and him put out a record on Amazon Prime streaming, I guess. It's on Amazon Prime Music and Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it's called The L, and the record's called I Will Find You No Matter What. And it's a bunch of songs I recorded with my son Luke from about the time he was four until just a couple years ago. He's 12 now. So anyways, we talk about the record a little bit. I do most of the talking and he just sits there and just goes, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and then he, you know, he's, he says some stuff too. But anyways, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, and so we will have a couple, uh, tracks that didn't make that record, uh, including the first song we ever did together. And, uh, and so that's it. that I'm excited about that. And then what else is on, on this podcast? I've got some new songs that I just wrote over the last few weeks. Uh, I've got some requests because uh, people on my Patreon, by the way, if you don't know what Patreon is, go to patreon.com backslash Bob Schneider and you can join my Patreon and you can get all the songs that you'll hear in this podcast every month. I'll give you guys more songs to check out uh new songs that i just wrote that you might not normally hear for years or sometimes never at all because lots of times i'll write songs and they just don't make it on the record because i usually only put out about maybe a record every 18 months that's maybe 12 songs to 15 songs every year and a half so i write a lot more songs than that this is a way to get more music uh, and you can decide how much you want to contribute. And by the way, if you are a Patreon member, thank you. Thank you for supporting me and what I do. Because there are a lot of people that don't give a goddamn about what I do. In fact, they would love it if I didn't do it at all. I'm convinced. Anyways, I'm just saying that because it's Austin City Limits Festival is going on this weekend here in Austin, and it's been, I don't know, 15 years, I think, since the last time I played it. And every year I want to play it. Every year. Every year I want to play it, and every year I don't. And I I know those guys over at, I don't know them well, over at C3 that, that, uh, that do the festival. And, uh, you know, I, I, I approach them every couple of years, and I'm like, hey, I'd really like to play this. 
because I knew them before they were big shots. And, uh, and, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're big shots. They're, you know, they're good at what they do. They make these festivals and, uh, they're good at it. Anyways, they don't want me to play it. And, and the reason that they say is because I play a lot in Austin, which I do. I play a lot of shows here. And, uh, so what they they always tell me is like just don't play in Austin and then we'll have you on Austin City Limits and I'm like well then how do I make a living it's like uh, we want to invite you to this fish dinner but you can't work for six months so you're going to be homeless your kids going to basically be sold into slavery but man this breaded cod we've got is some good stuff buddy and I'm like well I uh, it does look delicious, and I would love some of your delicious uh, bounty from the sea, but uh, I got to feed my babies. So, anyways, it's a conundrum. It's a catch-2020, or whatever it is. Is it catch-2020? I don't know. Anyways, I haven't played it. This isn't helping my chances at all of playing it in the future probably but I love that festival and I love Austin and I'm proud to be from Austin and I'm proud to be a musician from Austin and it's called Austin City Limits and uh, I feel like I'm a working Austin musician I've been playing in town regularly since 91 so for 26 years I've been playing weekly or bi-weekly depending on how frisky I am feeling in town for a long time. And, uh, and their thing is, well, you play too much here. So can't play the festival because you play too much in Austin. You play in the Austin city limits so much that we can't allow you in the Austin city limits festival. We can't allow Jay Z in the Austin City Limits Festival because we want to make some cash, bitch. We got to make that money, 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 money to buy that cocaine and get them bitches to suck these dicks. All right, that coffee's kicking in, I guess. Anyways, I don't know if that's why they need the money for cocaine and dick sucking, but I'm assuming some of that goes on over there. I don't know. I don't know what those guys are doing because I don't know them that well. I've only met with them a couple times. They seem like nice guys. I would like them more if I could play their festival. But again, none of this is going to help me get there, probably, unfortunately. But man, it'd be nice. It would be nice. So we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get tired of playing so much in town. Maybe I'll get tired of playing in front of people that I love in a town I love. Uh, to where I can play a show that people enjoy and have a good time listening to and then get to go home to my family. Maybe I'll stop doing that and I'll start playing far, far away from home and not making any money and living in a hotel and being lonely and and, uh, starving. And uh, maybe then I can play Austin St. Limits. And that'd be cool. <sighs> we'll see what happens. I'll keep you guys posted on the monthly basis. 
All right. Let's get into some of these songs, because this is the Bob Schneider Song Club. And uh, there's a lot of songs this week. Normally it's eight songs, but this week there's more than eight, because I'm giving you guys eight songs, but then uh, I've got some other songs that I'm just going to throw in, because they're fun, and and because some folks requested them. So, uh, you know, there's that. So let's uh, let's get right into it. this first song uh, is a song I just wrote, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, and it's a co-write uh, that I wrote with uh, Billy Harvey, and uh, and and it was for the song club. He, he and uh, for for the song game that I do, um, and, and the way the song game works is I send out a prompt to a few friends of mine who are songwriters and, and their job is to write a song, use the prompt in the song somewhere. And then they've got a week to do it. Well, usually they've got a few days to do it because I always send out the prompt late, but we do it once a week. And this was one of the prompts and Billy Harvey happened to be in town. So he came over and I was like, Hey man, let's, let's do a co-write. I, I wrote some lyrics and, uh, you know, but I, I wasn't crazy about, you know, the, the music part of it and I was like why don't you come over and you you do the music and and I'll see if I can just put my words on top of it so that's what we did he came over we did some stuff he uh put some music down it was really cool different interesting and then I tried to put the lyrics on top and it just didn't work and I was like well this isn't working I'm like let's listen to the thing I started doing so I played him the demo then I started working on and basically he kind of played the same chords but a little different and and cooler cuz he's a genius and he's talented so so then i was like oh well, i'll just sing my words on top of that and so, and that worked and then he added a couple other parts which were cool and and we ended up with what we ended up with uh so and i'm really happy with it if i would have just written it myself it wouldn't have been as good uh, and, and, uh, and of course he, he does all the oohs and ahs on it. And it's just incredible. He's an amazing musician and, uh, and a great songwriter. And hopefully I'm going to have him on this song club podcast soon. And we can talk about music cause he's endlessly interesting, very smart guy. And he's been doing the song game with me since 2001, off and on since then. I mean, I've got hundreds and hundreds of songs that he's written and he he's really truly one of the great songwriters of our generation, which is how old you are, whichever that is. Anyways, let's listen to the song. Here it is, Crash Lander. A man walks on a set With lines he's learned not to forget The eyes in his head, they burn like coals And he speaks them as the camera rolls And he says things he can't understand They were written as another man But he says them with a mouth so pretty So far away 
Yeah, there you have it. That's uh, uh, pretty much. Uh, that sounds like uh, that sounds more like a, one of my studio records because again, that's Billy Harvey playing pretty much most of that music there, uh, and and that's what we do when we do the studio records. Is he uh, does a lot of it uh, when we record the records. Usually, the way I record my studio records is I'll I'll get together with the bass player, the drummer. Uh, and me, the rhythm section, and we'll go in and record the basic tracks, which is drums, bass, my vocals, my uh, rhythm guitar. And then we send those tracks to Billy, or Billy will come into the studio, and then he just adds whatever he thinks up. Guitars, keyboards all the harmony vocals that you hear on my records. And uh, he adds all that stuff to it. And it's almost like he's writing his own record on top of my record. And it's exciting to listen to. And lots of times I'll listen to it and I'm like, I don't I don't get it. I, that's not what I was thinking when I wrote this song. And I would say 99% of the time, maybe 100% of the time, I don't know if it's 100%, because there's times when I make the executive decision to not use some of it. But every time, most of the time, what has what, had, what ends up happening is at first I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about this. Most of the time, after I listen to it for a week or two, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, that's what the song needs. Uh, and, and sometimes, it happened on this record on Blood and Bones, on the new record, uh, where I'll feel like, oh, I've, why didn't he, why didn't he add the harmony vocals like, like I, like we do live on the uh, recording, the studio recording. We got to go in and we got to add that because he didn't put it in there. And then we'll add it, something that I thought that it needed that he didn't put in there. And, and that nine times out of 10, it was like, oh yeah, he did it and add it because it didn't need it and then we'll have to take it off. So I've over the years started to realize that all these guys that I work with who are just incredible geniuses, uh, I should just let, give it time if I don't understand something because eventually I'll, I'll you know, I'll understand it and, and it'll make sense even if it doesn't at first. So Thanks, Billy, for all your great musical ability. All right, let's go on to the next song. This is a, a, a song called All the Ladies Love You that I, I wrote last week. But really what it is, it's it's a, it's this old song that I wrote years ago called All the Ladies Love You in New York. And uh, the demo, God, it's super old. It's probably 15 years old. And... It's kind of representative of the kind of demos that I was making back then. I probably made it on a four track, maybe. And uh, I had this old Insonic EPS sampling keyboard that I used to use. Uh, it's pretty clunky. Uh, I got some interesting, you know, I wrote some interesting songs on it, but the demos tended to be pretty stiff. And, and the songwriting. It's a little cheesy on this song. Uh, a lot of jokey jokes. And 
So I was like, oh, let me go in and see if I can re-record this. Make it a little bit more interesting, because it's a little juvenile, the original. So let's listen to a little bit of the original, uh, All the Ladies Loving in New York, and you can see the difference between the two. Here it is. Where the corn is hot You got to wear the right pants And smoke the right pot And if you're down in L.A. You better be a star You'll be hanging with yourself Down at the bar And baby down in Kansas They will tell you to your face To fuck right off And get the hell out the place The honeys in Atlanta Yeah, they like to flirt But if you ain't no big dog They'll rub your dick in the dirt But in New York it don't matter Who you are, what you got don't matter if you're cold as fuck or hot, hot, hot. It don't matter if you use a spoon, a knife, or a fork. Cause all the ladies love you in New York. Florida, they'll love you a long time, man. Unless you ain't got no damn dough in your jam. It down in San Francisco. Well, yeah, I, I think that was about the time I was listening to that two live crew record or something along those lines. So anyway, there you go. That's the original demo. It is what it is song about ch- chicks man uh anyway so i was like ah let me take another shot at it so this is what i ended up writing last week and really i hardly used any of the original song i changed all the verses and uh made it a little bit more esoteric and a little less jokey and uh the end of the song gets real sad so i'm going to play it from uh, the I'll, I'll start it about halfway and just play it through to the end. So this is the remake uh, of that song, All the Ladies Love You. And the vampires come out at night And they dance through the air to the moon's delight And your mom shall hold you while you die by the sea So, a little different, a little different emotion there from the original. Anyways, I, I find it, it's more interesting to me, uh, that sort of thing, than the other thing. But, you know, the other thing's fun, but I don't know. And Maybe I'll have fun again. Who knows? Speaking of fun... Here's an old song that uh, has never seen the light of day, and it's really one of my favorite songs that I've recorded on my own. And uh, 
and uh, I can't remember what the original. Uh, I can't remember what the original phrase was. I think the phrase might have been "your butt's too loud." Uh, I am not sure, but anyways, that's what the song ended up being called. And uh, the way I recorded this song, I just got this program called Machine, which is a German sort of drum program. But they have all these like pre-made sort of loops and and beats and stuff that comes with it. And and the music part of this song is basically just some pre-recorded stuff from that came that came with Machine. I mixed it up and and added a few things to it. But that's pretty much where the inspiration for the music comes from. And then the the woman in it is is the famous uh, Miss America contest contestant. I really sound like her on this podcast. I feel like my brain hasn't really fully warmed up yet. But anyways, it's her talking. Like when she gave that crazy answer, uh, they asked her something and then she was trying to sound all educated and it came out real bad. Uh, anyways, here's that song, uh, Your Butt's Too Loud. I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have that. When you walk into the club, everything stops. Now they're making love to that butt in your pants like a tiger in a mouse no chance that's right dead man walking clint eastwood bad guy stalking can't think straight eyeballs gawking what was that you was talking about south africa and i can't hear you cause your butt's too loud the iraq everywhere like such as and i believe what? that they should right. i can't hear you cause your butt's too loud our Damn. education over here and the u.s should help the u.s Yo. when you shake that butt on the floor shit's loud as a dinosaur when you leave the club at four i don't want to live no more and the u.s should help the u.s or should help south africa it should help the iraq and the asian countries so we will be able to build up our future Thank you very much. I can't hear you cause your bus too loud. Girl, got the beefy face. Go ahead and slap me in the face. Stack it up on my plate. I won't let a goddamn thing go to waste. Got a thunder on a rainy night. Boom, boom, goddamn, baby, what a sight. Chew me up, spit me out. Goddamn, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't hear you. Uh, I can't hear you. Why? Uh, your butt's too loud. Uh, that that would be the time my wife would say, "Oh, how old are you again?" I'd be like, "Hey, that's I find that amusing. I find that endlessly amusing. Not everybody is gonna find that amusing, but you know, not everybody has the same taste, I guess, in what's funny. But for me, I find that real funny." Anyways, uh, that song, I wrote it, and then I was excited about playing it live, and we just could not pull it off live. And maybe we'll try it again at some point, but we tried it a couple times, and it just 
there's some songs that musically are really hard to pull off with the band, and that is definitely one of them. Uh, anyways, we can crack the seal on it. So played it a couple times and then never played it again. And that was a couple years ago that I wrote that song. So anyways, without this Patreon song club, you guys would never hear that song. And uh, I, I'm proud of it. I like it, and I'm glad you guys get to hear it, and I'm glad you get it. And um, so, yeah, to get it, you just go to my Patreon page and just download it if you're a member of uh, my Patreon song club, and hopefully you are. And if you are, again, thank you very much. So let's go on to the next song. This is a... uh, Oh, uh, might as well just get to the song. Uh, So every, uh, every... I guess I do this about once a month. So every month until the new Blood and Bones record comes out, which is the new record, we're going to give you guys a track from the new record before anybody else gets it. And, uh, you know, before you can hear it anywhere. And so this is the another track from the album. It's called Easy. And in the song club, my, my third song club, uh, I featured this demo because uh, I just written it, I guess, and uh, or maybe no, I hadn't just written it, but <clears throat> it's a newer song uh, that that was written recently, and uh, and I talked about it then, so I'm not going to talk about it again. But uh, it's a song I wrote. I mean, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. In fact, I'll probably just end up spending the rest of this podcast just talking about this one song that I already talked about, and probably tell you the same story that I told you before. Uh, or not, we'll see. Anyways, it's called Easy. I wrote it when my daughter, who's two now, was in the NICU because she was born two months premature because my wife had preeclampsia. And and I said it before, it is the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And, and anyways, that's where the song came. The thing that I realized was that this thing in my life was, was going on and it was so difficult and, and I, I couldn't do anything about it. I just had to wait and see what would happen and hope for the best and hope my wife was going to be okay and hope my daughter was going to live and be okay. And I couldn't do anything about it. And it was horrible and scary. So the idea of going home, leaving the NICU and, and recording this demo, uh, recording the demo at home and really spending time on it and trying to make it good was very appealing to me at the time because it was the only thing I could control was how this song turned out. And I think because of that, I I ended up putting a lot more work into this song than I normally do. And I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Uh, Because lots of times, you know, when things are just rolling it along and, you know, life's okay, uh, you know, you might not put as much work into uh into uh into to what you're doing because things are fine so you know you're you, you don't need to or you don't feel you need to i it is weird when we were uh, we have some friends of ours who came and visited i'm going to get this story all wrong and i have a feeling they might listen to this podcast so i'm not going to say who it is or mention any names but i will tell the story and I'm probably going to get some of it wrong, but I found it to be an interesting story. And the gist of it will be sort of accurate, even though maybe some of the facts will be a little off. 
But what happened when we were in the in the hospital? These friends of ours came and 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 uh, you know we were scared and you know dealing with this baby of ours that was in the NICU and and they were telling uh, telling the story of this these friends of ours uh, the 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 girl's grandma had had I don't know like in the teens maybe even more maybe in 20 but i i, I want to say it's in the teens so let's just make up a number and say it was 17 and i don't know if it was 17 or 12 or something but it was something crazy like that had 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 gotten pregnant 17 or 12 times gone to term and all of the babies except for one all of them died either died at childbirth, right after childbirth, or maybe right before, I don't know, but all of them died. And we were going through this thing with one baby who was look, looked like she was going to be fine, even though she was two months early and she looked like a weird alien baby. But I, it blew my mind because I couldn't imagine the amount of pain, sadness, and suffering that this woman went through with all of these deaths of her children that she would never get to know that she carried to term. So again, that's the story I remember. Who knows how much that's true? Maybe they didn't go to term. Maybe it was less or more, but it was something along those lines. And then this lady took all that pain and suffering and became the most successful industrialist, female industrialist in can, Canadian history. So you can Google that probably and find out who this lady is. I, I haven't Googled it. But I was like, oh, that's the way it works. You take your pain and suffering, and the more of it you have, the more you're willing to invest in work because work is your salvation and it's an escape from this absolute horrible experience that you're having. And and it made sense to me. I was like, oh yeah, I just wrote this song that I really like because it was an escape from this scary thing I was going through. And then when I heard the story about this, this lady's grandmother, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. I can see how that could happen very easily because anything's better than the horror of, you know, losing your children. Anyway, so here's the song. It's the next track that you guys are getting from the new Blood and Bones record, and it's called Easy. Where you are, that's where I'll be. Upside down or in a tree Out in front, far and behind With you wherever's fun It's always been a scary thing to do To let my heart fall down into the endless blue But it's easy Easy to do Yeah, it's easy 
mountaintop or the valley blue Wearing tattered rags or real sharp shoes Blown away or blown apart We'll always make it back to the heart Deep in the woods, underneath the big black trees If you are there and lost, that is lost where I will be That's why I do this Patreon thing, and that's why uh, I really appreciate your support, because the money that I get from you guys, I get to go in to studios, uh, to a studio. I mean, I usually go to the same place, uh, Dwight Baker Studio, and I get to record with just amazing musicians and turn my songs into really beautiful pieces of art like that. Um, and uh, that had... Uh, the usual cast of characters, Conrad Kroon on drums, uh, Dave Monzi on bass, uh, Billy Harvey on guitar and vocals, Patty Lynn from The Wind and the Wave, which is uh, Dwight Baker and Patty's band. Uh, she did some harmony vocals uh, that really turned out great. And David Boyle on keyboards. So just a great group of uh, people. And then, of course, Dwight Baker uh, produced it, engineered it, and... Uh, Dave McNair mixed it and mastered it. They're all just the best of the best at what they do. And uh, and I really just love the way these records end up sounding. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be uh, in the company of those fine musicians. So there's that song. Uh, and now let's get back to my things. Let's get back to my deal. Where I churn it out I make the sausage but I leave a lot of the bony bits in the meat so be careful some of this stuff you'll chip a tooth on uh, might as well get into some of that so I got a request for the original demo of 40 dogs and I'll, I'll tell you the story of 40 dogs it's on my album lovely creatures which is, I'm very proud and happy with the way that record came out. But we had recorded 12 songs for that record. And they it turned out good. We had some good songs there. And when we were done, Dwight was like, hey, do you have any other songs maybe that we didn't put on this record that you haven't put out yet that might be worth checking out? And I was like, well, I just wrote this song a week ago that I like, but I've always had the notion like I don't put anything brand new on my records because you just never know how good they are when you when you just write something everything seems great and it's only weeks or months later that you realize it's not that good and I think most records that you hear tend to be that way where the people who made the records were excited about the songs. They were in the studio. Maybe they'd just written them or they wrote them in the studio. But then you, then 
you know, by the time even the record comes out, which could just be months later, and it's too late to do anything about it, they realize, oh, these songs are kind of turds. And you know, like a year after a record comes out, you know what songs were good and which songs weren't good. I mean, even the greatest songwriters of all time, like Paul Simon, you listen to some of his records and they're the greatest songs, pop songs of the 20th century were written by him. And then on the same record are some of the worst songs I've ever heard. And I think it's because he was excited about them because they were new and he didn't have a, any perspective on on how good the songs were. So I've always been real careful of that because I want every song on every record that I put out to be great. And I want you to not have to skip songs, even though I get it. That's not the way people listen to music anymore. That's an outdated concept that I grew up where when I grew up, you had a record and you put it on and you, and you listened to it. And the thing I hated was, I got to listen to these shitty songs or I got to pick up the needle and move it to the next track, which is a pain in the ass. I, and my favorite records were the ones you just put on in the beginning and listen to the whole thing. And it was great. But those, there aren't very many records like that. There are very few. I mean, it's like 0.001% of records. You can do that. I can only think of one. Stan Getz, Chao Gilberto. That record, beginning to end, there's not a bad song on that record. And, uh, I'm trying to, you know, some Beatles records are like that. Uh, maybe James Brown. There's a couple James Brown records. But most records have some turds in them. So my idea is, like, don't put turds on the record. And how do you know they're not a turd? You got to wait to make sure that the songs are good. So don't put anything on that you just wrote. So having said that, I just written this song. I played it for Dwight and he's like, well, we're putting that on the record. Cause that's, uh, that's a great song. That might be the best song on the record. Anyways, it was a good idea because it ended up being probably the biggest sort of hit song, at least radio wise. It wasn't a hit, but it, it got the most play of any song I've ever written on the radio. And uh, it's a song people really like. It's called 40 dogs. So here's the original demo. I'm not going to play all of it, but I'm going to play the verse that got cut out of the, the, the album version. We recorded the whole song with this verse in it. And then when we realized, oh, this is probably going to be the track that goes to radio, we had to shorten it because it was long. And so we cut this third verse out. And of course, it made the song immediately better. And so we didn't even put the long version on the album. We just put the, the radio edit on the album. So that's what everybody's ever, ever heard. But you know, if you were watching me live back when I wrote it, which was, God, 11 years ago, and we were playing the whole thing with this verse in it. And then, of course, when once the record came out, we stopped playing that verse. I don't even know what the verse is anymore. I'm, I'm going to listen to it with you guys and, and, and listen to it and see how ridiculous it is. I do remember it being a little uh, freakish. Uh, in terms of the lyrical content. So let's listen to it and then we talk about it.
in the sky lies and wallow in the light We'll be okay, we'll be alright Like a blind man in the night Like a flower in the sun Like a dog when the day is done Like a bear in the forest in the rain Nothing's gonna be out where we're feeling no pain Take the money and I'll take the jewels You got the clock but I got the tools Don't worry about the cops, gotta get away plan Just tell them I'm in the man I'll be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Ain't a junkie I'm just hanging with the monkeys. Uh, I don't know what that means. Anyway, that song's way better without that verse. But you asked for it. You got it. Uh, that'll be part of your download this month. Will be the original demo for that song. And uh, again, the studio record, the studio recording of that is just heads and tails better than that demo. I mean, when I wrote the demo, I was like, oh, this is a pretty good demo. But it wasn't. When I heard the studio version, it's so much better than that. And heads or tails, heads or tails better? That's not the saying. I don't know what the saying is. But I always use that expression. Heads or tails better than that thing that I was talking about. I guess I should figure out what the actual thing is. Uh, so... Here's another demonstration of the original demo versus the uh, studio demo. And uh, this is a song called, well, the, the studio, it, it was, the studio record was uh, Burden of Proof. No, not Burden of Proof. My last record, King Kong. God, I gotta get this shit straight. Every time I'm doing this podcast, I'm like, Man, you just got to start over. You just got to redo this whole thing. And then I'm like, fuck that. I've already invested too much of my life into this one. There's no way I'm going back and doing it right. So my apologies if you're listening and you're like, fuck this. I mean, you're probably already gone. Anybody that's still with me at this point, I'm like, I feel like literally like there's like four lonely heart shut-ins that are still listening to this. And so I'm going to keep going uh, for you folks, whoever you are. <laughs> Anyways, uh, good God, what, am, what have I done? Where, where, where are we at? Where are we at, society, that I'm relegated to doing podcasts? I should be living the life. I should be on a goddamn yacht in the middle of the fucking Mediterranean with fucking girls twerking uh, all around the deck while I'm fucking pouring crystal on a goddamn swordfish that I just pulled out of the goddamn ocean in a fucking pair of white shorts. Maybe I've got a puka shell necklace on and a tan and some... Damn, my abs are the Coast Guard's coming over because my abs are they're signaling the Coast Guard. And they're like, uh, we saw your abs. We thought it was a distress signal. I'm like, no, man, those are just my fucking Mediterranean abs, motherfucker. Leave us alone. Can't you see some twerkings going down on this boat, bitch? 
I got to get back to Austin so I can play Austin City Limits. Because I haven't been in town in four years or seen my family or done anything that has anything to do with Austin. Just been out here in the fucking Mediterranean eating goddamn shellfish and snorting cocaine off people's dicks. Uh, I will tell you this story. So I got hired. Speaking of disappointments, it's all disappointments. It's mostly disappointments, by the way, people. I know you're like, fuck you and your disappointments. You want real disappointments? Come down to my job. I'll show you disappointments. I get it. My disappointments are lame, but they're my disappointments. So let me have them. Okay. Let me have my disappointments. I'm sensey, so even though they might not be that big of a deal to you, to me, they're pretty horrifying. So anyways, I look at my calendar and it says, you're playing Daryl's house. Daryl motherfucking Hall from Hall and Oates. Bitch. Yeah. Man eater. She's a rich girl, but she's gone too motherfucking far. Anyways, I'm excited. I grew up listening to these dudes. And, I mean, they got some heavy hitters. Chromio, Jason Mraz. These guys are on the show. So now, that's the company I'm in. I'm not fucking not playing Austin City Limits. I'm not scraping it out at the damn fucking Saxon Pub week after week. No! I'm at Daryl's house, motherfucker! So I'm excited. Tell everybody about it. They're excited. They're like, yeah. Fucking man eater. She's a rich girl. She's gone too far. Sarah smiles. Or whatever the fuck that song is. So we drive into the God. Oh, and pay. It's in fucking middle of goddamn nowhere. Where they bury bodies, where serial killers live. That's where this place is. But I'm like, it's fucking Daryl Hall. I'll drive to the goddamn middle of the fucking Middle Earth. In the fucking subterranean layer of the Earth where the other culture lives. That supposedly lives there. That who knows. They, there's nothing there. It's molten bullshit. Lava. You don't. There's no hidden culture down there. But I'll go to this fucking place in the middle of nowhere and be on Daryl's show and then it'll be on the internet and people have seen me hanging with this old motherfucker. And God damn it, life will turn around finally. The trajectory towards the grave will suddenly veer off into the upper stratosphere. Who knows what other celebrities I'll become friends with who will love me. And adore me. And tout my praises to their other celebrity friends. To where I'll be on that goddamn boat with fucking Jay-Z and Kanye West. And who knows, Coldplay? Maybe Katy Perry? Fucking people that were in the Transformers movies? I don't know. So, anyways, so we get there. And uh, it's just a shithole club in the middle of fucking nowhere. 
and we set up and I'm like, you know, I'm just like, kind of like, Hey, you know, just being nonchalant, like, Hey, you know, like when's, when's Daryl going to get here? And, you know, are we filming? Is there anything I should wear for the filming or, you know, like, uh, don't wear plaid or don't wear a brand or something. And they're like, uh, what? They're like, there's Daryl. He's, this is his restaurant bar. He's not coming here. Oh, you thought it was going to be one of the shows where he shows up and you guys jam together and shoot the shit? <laughs> uh, yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are, motherfucker? Uh, a nobody? Loser? I guess. So, no Daryl. Just the middle of fucking nowhere. A couple people show up. Uh, I'm real sad. I'm as sad as I've been. And I'm sad a lot. Real sad. So when I say I'm as sad as I've been, that's real fucking sad. And uh, I don't give a good goddamn about anything at that point. So I get up there and I do my show. It's like a solo show and I fucking kill it as usual. Fucking killing it. And, uh, of course, I'm sad and, and, and disappointed. So I go, I start talking about, uh, anyway, uh, anyways, they're like, do you want to record this show? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, well, we could record it. And uh, for some reason, I was like, no, if Daryl's if Daryl's not going to be on, I don't want to record the show. So they they didn't record it, uh, which was stupid. Uh, they should have recorded it, but they didn't. And I play the show and it was great. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, fuck, I should have recorded it because maybe Daryl would have seen it at some point. And then he'd been like, oh, maybe this guy should come on the show because he's really good. Anyways, I, in the middle of the show, I proceeded to tell people that Daryl Hall was backstage and uh, he wasn't coming out because these people weren't, you know, fuck these people. Daryl's told, told me to tell you guys to go fuck yourselves. Uh, granted, and then I, I, I told the audience that we had been, <clears throat> you know, snorting coke off each other's dicks. And, and, and I did say that uh, I was a lot higher than Daryl, which I thought was a pretty funny joke at the time. But what I realized after the show was, oh, shit, we didn't record that show. And now... The next time Daryl Hall shows up at his restaurant or whatever, he'll be like, yeah, that we had this guy, Bob Schneider in, uh, he was saying that you told everybody to fuck themselves and he was sucking your dick and you guys were doing cocaine in the back or who knows how that story fucking gets translated. But here's what I know. It doesn't get translated where Daryl Hall hears it and goes, that shit's funny. Let's have that motherfucker on Daryl's house. So, should have recorded it. Probably never go back. Strange, haven't been invited back to Daryl's house since. Uh, so, 
Again, another bridge burned. Nowhere to go. Except on to the next song here at the Song Club for the four people that are still listening to this fucking thing. By the way, we still got my interview with my son coming up. So uh, that'll be fun. In the meantime, let's listen to a brand new song. I just wrote this one. It's called Kentucky. It's beautiful. I've been there. It's, I mean, I don't know. I've just been to Louisville, which is Louisville is the way you say it, by the way. Uh, again, who cares? But uh, beautiful, beautiful place. Weirdos. Bunch of weirdos in Kentucky. And Louisville is no exception. Uh, I can't even remember the place we play it, but every time we play there, man, it's it's a crazy town. Uh, fun. Fun times, nice people. They're, uh, I feel like they're the Austin. Louisville's the Austin of Kentucky. They're keeping it weird there. And uh, nice folks, but weirdos, for sure. And it's kind of a cool, like it's hip, kind of a hip little place. Uh, Muhammad Ali's fucking from there. So there you go. I mean, good God. Uh all right, so I'm just going to I'm going to plow through some of these songs instead of getting off course uh, the way I have uh, on this thing. So, uh here's another older song. And uh I I was going to I really after I wrote this song, I love this song and uh I, I wanted to put it on a record, but it, it has the word shit in it. It's called Super Shit. And I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to make a record called Super Shit and put all the songs that have curse words on it." on this one record. 
and this and and so because of that, I, I haven't put it on the last three or four records uh, because of that. And I, I just don't like to have curse words on my record, even though I do have a few curse words here and there, uh, because I feel like if I took the curse words out, it wouldn't have the same impact. Uh, but I really try not to put curse words uh, on the records because I want everybody to listen to them and I don't want people to not listen to it because it's got a curse word on it or be worried about somebody hearing it and be offend- and, and having them be offended. So that's why it hasn't gone on a record. But I, I do love this recording. I love the demo. Uh, and maybe at some point it'll go into the, I'll go into the studio and, and record it uh, and give it the proper respect it deserves. But in the meantime, uh, here it is for you guys. Uh, super shit. There are superstars, then that is what you are. Yeah, I, I love songs where the guy or the narrator is, is singing. I just like love songs. I like love songs where no matter what, the guy's like, I don't care when anybody says, I love you. And uh, it's not working out. I love you. You don't want me. I love you. Look, uh, uh, that Kanye Gold Digger song where he's like trying to date this chick who like had a kid with Usher and stuff and she's bringing all her extended family and kids and he's got to take them all to Chuck E. Cheese, but he doesn't care because he loves her. Oh, I just love that song so much. Anyway, I like those kind of songs. It's you know, where you just, you can't talk sense to your heart when you feel that way. And all your friends are like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, ah, I know. It doesn't make sense, but I love her. I know, but goddamn, dude, what are you doing? Uh, I know, I know. But, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do. Anyways, that's what that song feels like to me, that super shit song. All right, let me, let's listen to one new, and one other new, brand new one. Uh, this is uh, Space Sword. All right. Hey. 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 
gave me a space sword. <laughs> uh, I will say this, that space sword line, or just the word space sword came from, I was shopping at HEB and uh, they were selling these knockoff uh, lightsabers in the kids section. And I saw, it was just called space, instead of lightsaber where they had gotten sued by Star Wars, they called it space sword. And I was like, ah, that's gotta be the phrase. So that was the phrase this week in the Sun Club. And, uh, but I, I was like, man, that's pretty far out, Space Sword. So I told the guys or the people in the song clip, I was like, you can do you Space Sword or Good for Business. Everybody use Good for Business except for me. I use Space Sword because I think it's funny. And I've been watching Leah Remini's uh, The Aftermath, the Scientology uh, series, which is fascinating. And uh, I just I think it's amazing that. I, I think all religion is is truly incredible. Uh, it's it is really amazing. Uh, but you know, it's one thing when when it's two thousand years ago. It's easier to kind of get behind that sort of stuff because it's like it happened so long ago, and that was like when they had dragons and stuff. So it makes more sense that that kind of magical stuff could have happened back then because there's no way to deny. You know, you can't disprove it because it was like no. It was a different time, you know. People didn't have toilet paper back then. There was no indoor plumbing. Uh, I think Jesus invented the chair. So, I mean, they had no chairs before that. Before then, so it makes more sense. Like you can get behind it, but the stuff that people like came up with, like in the last fifty years, or you know, like they the guy just came up with Scientology because he didn't want to pay taxes. He's like, "Fuck, how do I not pay taxes?" And he's like, oh, "I'll just create this religion." He's like makes up stories for a living. That's all he did his entire life. And then he's like, oh, by the way, uh, there's this new religion and it just happens to coincide. It's alien based. Ah! Kind of like my stories that I've written. Similarities there. But, you know, don't worry about that. Uh, what I'm saying is true. Anyways, again, got people to believe that shit. And then, uh, 
did this thing where he got everybody to confess all their deepest, darkest secrets and then use that, I guess, use that to fucking keep them like from to get, keep the, I don't know. It's fascinating. The whole thing is amazing. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I just find it incredible. And, and I actually did a little uh, research on some other stuff too, some other modern religions and just cause I didn't know anything about any of it. It's never really interested me just because I, you know, just think it's all a bunch of bullshit, but I mean, I have a very strong belief in God. I, I, I believe that God created me in the universe and, and everything in it. And, uh, but I don't think anybody knows what God is, or, or I don't. I certainly don't. And I grew up Catholic, and I was very religious as a kid. And I think because of that, like when I think of God, I still think of like a dude or a one guy. But I don't think that's probably what God is. I don't. God's probably not a guy or a dude or who knows what God is. Like I, when I think of God, it's probably like a company maybe or something. I don't know. Something's responsible for this universe, this experience that I'm having. Uh, I call it God, but I don't know what it is. And But because I don't know what it is, uh, it allows me to believe in it. Whereas before, uh, it was like, well, you got to believe one of these things. You got These are the seven colors of God that we've created on earth. You got to pick one of these. I'm like, no, they're all bullshit uh, for me. But you know, for other people, not not so much. And it's weird because I know somebody uh, who I respect and, and thinks real smart. And like Bono is a good example of somebody who, you know, or, you know, he's real religious, Catholic. And uh, and I was thinking about it. I was like, how does a smart person believe in Catholicism or whatever? And, and but I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I get it because why not? Why not believe in you know, Catholicism. I mean, it's not true, but we'll never know what God is. We'll never know what the truth is. So why not just pick one that's already, it's, here's the thing. Like, I feel like religions are like coloring books and uh, people who can't necessarily draw or imagine their own things, they buy the coloring books and they're like, they color them in and it's comforting. And, uh, and why not? color it in, have fun. We're all going to die. You got to th- believe in something. So why not just believe in this? It's all bullshit. It's all made up. What I believe is bullshit. I don't think I have the answer. I don't, I don't know what anything is. I don't know what God is, but I do believe in it. The difference is I don't believe in the coloring books, but I create stuff all the time. So for me, it's easy to imagine something that doesn't exist. I, that's what I do. I, I imagine songs that don't exist and then create them. I make art that didn't exist and I create it. But not everybody can do that. So I get why they have to believe in something that's already been created uh, because they can't seem to do it themselves, which is fine. And you have to figure out something because you need to find some comfort because the world is a really scary place and we're all going to die and we don't know why we're here or what we're doing. There are no answers. So I get why people need religion, but... The ones that are new, that are just straight up fabricate. I mean, I don't know. Again, 
I mean, the old religions are pretty crazy too. If you take them, but if you learn them when you're a kid, like Bill Burr talks about it in his stand up, he's like, yeah, when you when you're fed that shit when you're learning about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy, then it all is part of you know life. Where it's like, oh no, that's all life, and then eventually you start strip, you know, like ah yeah, there's no Tooth Fairy. Oops, spoiler alert! If there's kids out there, there is a Tooth Fairy. By the way, if you're listening. Uh, all right, let's, you know what? Let's listen to my interview with my son. Uh, here it is. Uh, it's sort of like a little mini podcast in itself. Uh, this is me talking to Luke Schneider or, uh, DL as he's also known. Luke Schneider, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So, we've been recording together now, how long? Since you were like four? Yeah, something like that. And uh, we put out the L together, of course. Yeah. Which is uh, on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a cool video that the guys from WeFilm made that's on there. What's your favorite track from the record? Like, on the video, or just in general? Just in general. What's your favorite? Like... Do you have a favorite, or do you not... Are you over it? Not really. I mean, I like Happy Face. Yeah, I like that song. It's probably the most popular song. Yeah. And we've done it... Do we play that live when we played? You've done two shows now, or three shows? Three. Maybe four. Maybe four. Because I did uh, a couple. I did Nutty Brown. Two Nutty Brown, and then one Shady Grove. No, two Shady Grove, two Nutty Brown. Right. Well, besides the songs that are on the L, I will find you no matter what. We actually recorded a bunch of songs that aren't on that album, where you were just like when you were like one and two and three, I would just record you making sounds. Yeah. And we're gonna have some of those on the podcast today. Uh, you know, some we're gonna basically be playing. I'm gonna put some of the songs that we did that aren't on the L is on pa- this podcast. Is pants on? No, it's not on the L. Uh, it's not on the L, but we we're gonna put it on this. Yeah, uh, shit. That's probably a crowd favorite. I think a lot of people like that on the pants. Brown. Yeah. So we recorded the original recording of pants had Luke or the L. What do you go by, the L or Luke? In interviews. In interviews? I don't care. You don't care? Either one? Yeah. Anyways, uh, when we recorded it originally, uh, the L (laughs) sang the chorus with me. Anyways, let's listen to that, and, uh, and then we'll talk about it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. I got some pants on, 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 I got some pants on. Yeah, when the sun is shining, I got some pants on, baby, when I'm dining, I got some pants on when I'm eating that Snickers, I got some pants on when my feet are full of pickers, I got some pants on when I'm in that hot tub. 
don't stop. I got some cans when I'm trying to get them skittles. I got some pants. Yeah, when it's hotter than a griddle. I got some pants. Yeah, I got some pants on. 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 Oh, yeah. When I'm in the drive through. So Laura was also part of that chorus. Uh, Laura's my wife, and it's Luke's stepmom. Uh, and she's also recorded some songs with me as well. So, uh, like, I've I never asked you this. We've been recording for eight years at least, probably longer. Yeah. yeah. Coming out here to the studio, mm-hmm. do you, is it something? Is do you enjoy doing it, or do you? Well, how do you feel about it? Or is it like, oh, I got to do this no, again? No, no, it isn't. It's just like school, you know. It's, it's like school. Yeah. It's not fun. No, it's no, no, no. That's not what I meant. That's uh-huh. not what I meant. And not it's not like school, like prison. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking it's not about like, like school, like prison. Ta- no. Is school prison? Yes, yeah, school is prison. School is a prison. Yes, yeah, school is prison. School is not a place where you learn. It's just a place where you're kept prisoner until the day's over. Yeah. N- no. Yes. It's just a prison. I kind trademark. of. Ag- I kind I of. I just ag- trademarked that. I kind of agree with you. Quoted the. All right. What's the trademark? What what said, I just I just quoted that and what's the tra- what's the trademark? The trademark? Yeah. School, school is a prison. Is prison. School mm. is prison. School is a prison coming out soon the new L record. <laughs> oh man, that sounds heavy. saying when I don't I, I've never I mean I don't even know if you're actually talking at that point because you were probably like you might have been two or I don't know how old you were when you when we recorded that but do I you think know. you were saying anything or you were just making some sounds I don't know but you made it work out that's yeah. for sure yeah 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 one of my favorite things that we ever did was I was doing the song game and the phrase was um Please ask for help. Oh yeah, that was a good song. Yeah, and we were in here, and I I asked you. I was like, "Hey, I gotta write this song. Please ask for help." And I don't know what it's gonna be, so will you help me do it? So I just handed you the mic, and then I started playing some chords, and then you just sang the whole chorus the way it is, just like in one take, like you knew what the song was already or something. It was crazy. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do.
That's part of my interview uh, with Luke Schneider or the L. And remember, you can check out our record together. I will find you no matter what on both Amazon Prime Music and Amazon Prime Video. Um, and the video was made by the guys at WeFill. And, and it's great. Uh, so check that out. And uh, it was great. Hanging out with you today on the Bob Schneider Song Club podcast. Glad you made it all the way through. Again, thanks to everybody who's uh, a supporter of mine on Patreon. And if you're not, go to patreon.com backslash Bob Schneider and you can join today. And you can get all the songs that you've heard on this show and all the songs that I've put out so far. So uh, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, by joining now. Uh, and then again, your support doesn't pay for, uh, doesn't pay for my methadone clinic visits, which are, that's a fabrication. Uh, it just helps me pay for the studio records that cost a lot of money. And I used to be able to get that money from, uh, record companies, but now, uh, we need to find different ways to get it. And this is one of the ways to do it. So thank you so much for making that possible and uh, we'll see you next week on the song club what's his name what's his name who's got big feet who's got Long legs. Uh, Hulk. Who's got purple pants? Uh, Hulk. Who makes Luke breakfast in the morning? You. Who drives Daddy's car? You. Who's got green hair? No, he doesn't have green hair. He has black hair. Oh, who has black hair? Um, Hulk. Who likes to always be working in stone? Decided to go into business for themselves. Uh, uh, it's not working. This is not working. Who's got the whole world on a string? The Hulk. Who doesn't seem to worry about a thing? The Hulk. Everybody's worried about the world. He doesn't seem so worried about the world. Who enjoys his time when he's alone? The Hulk. Who enjoys working at home? The Hulk. Who never really has too much to say? The Hulk. Who always seems to live just for today? The Hulk. All I wanna do is fight now. All I wanna do.
is fight now. All I wanna do is fight now. All I wanna do is run. All I wanna do is get back to the base where the coffee's always hot and the laboratory's waiting. My dreams are there. The plasma screen, the video games, the lean cuisine, the body spray, the accoutrements, the double backs, the weary winds. I'm covered in the sky. I'm green as a globe. I'm floating on a mountain. I'm working in stone. All I want to do is run. All I want to do is run. All I want to do is fight. All I want to do is run. Who seems to do an awful lot of nothing? The Hulk. Who spends money like there's no tomorrow? The Hulk. And everything is working out okay, I guess. Everything is working out fine. All I want to do is smash everything I see. Lay it all the way so it will not bother me. Turn all the cities into a concrete sea. As flat as the moon, that's how I want the world to be. Take a little time off from the work that I've been doing. Maybe hang out with the gang, check out the fat that they've been chewing. Open up the door so I can let the sun shine in. Tear apart the sky so I can take it to the wind.